Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 91. We're going to do a fourth and really until maybe August, my final draft analysis of uh, one of my drafts, one of my rookie drafts that just took place. It wasn't quite last week. Last week I had several drafts going on, so two weeks ago um, I had my fourth rookie draft, and it was in the my Reality Sports Online League, the RSO League. Um, if you're not a part of an RSO League, you really should give it a try. You've probably heard their commercials on other podcasts. It's the league that makes it really fun and different. The two things that make it so challenging and enjoyable is that there's player contracts and a salary cap. And then there's free agent auctions. So just the whole salary cap component and, and uh, contracts that you make, in addition to all the free agents, are bid on via an auction draft each year. It's a dynasty league just like you're used to, but with the complex complexity of managing a salary cap, basically. Uh, you can franchise players, you can extend contracts, um, but as far there's a far more churn in your rosters year to year because you can only have a certain amount of one and two and three, in some cases, five-year contracts for players. And so because you have everyone staggered and you only have so many contracts that you can extend, there's a lot of churn in the rosters, which makes these leagues pretty fun. When players are dropped from teams and they just choose not to extend their contract, they enter free agency, where then they're bid upon, like I said, in the live auction draft. And every year there's some outstanding players that get dropped just because of salary cap and just because of the length of contracts that you're allowed to have. Uh, they get dropped. So like, for instance, this next year, I just looked at the uh, free agents that are available. And this is the league that I'm going to talk about today. There's Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, Tyler Higby. They're all free agents. And so from year to year, uh, there's significant free agents that are dropped and then picked up in the uh, free agent auction. Finally, um, rookies, and at least in our league, I think you can set them up differently. In our league, rookies are signed to three-year contracts. So their contracts are automatically accounted for based on where they're drafted. So that, you know, first guy drafted is going to be more expensive contract, kind of like automated contracts for those first, for all the rookies based on where they're picked. And they're signed to three-year contracts. So because of this, my rookie board changes quite a bit from what I recommend on my Dynasty Freaks website. Because what happens is rookies really need to prove themselves quickly so that owners can decide whether they're going to extend their contracts or not. So as a result, in leagues like this, I've noticed that running backs are drafted earlier, uh, a little bit earlier than wide receivers. This year, of course, that's happening just all the way around. But because running backs usually prove themselves a little bit faster, they go off the board a little bit faster in these kind of drafts. Um, As a result, like I said, running backs are drafted a little uh, earlier than wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, and first-round picks need to hit it big right away. Otherwise, owners get strapped to their expensive contracts, and so it's far more damaging to miss on a first-round pick than it would be in a regular dynasty league. So I know, for instance, a guy just tried to make a trade uh, to, to with our team with uh, Nikhil Harry, who's you know got two more years under his contract, but because he was a first-round pick, really early first-round pick last year, he's got a $7 million contract, and so this, guy, this owner is already trying to shop in. 
uh, largely just because he doesn't think he's going to do well in the next two years, and he's $7 million cap hit uh, for each of the next two years. So that gives you an idea. If you've not tried it, I would really, really recommend that you do. It's a blast. And this league is actually really fun for me because my good friend Dave Brown and I co-manage this team together. It's the only league that I actually have a co-manager, and I'll just say that it's actually been really enjoyable. We won the championship uh, in years one and two, but last year we narrowly missed the playoffs. I'll make an excuse for us. So it was mainly because at the end of the year, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton, Todd Gurley were all hurt for us. Those are some of the strengths of our team. Anyway, so this is a basic, uh, as far as the league standing, it's a basic 12-team, one-quarterback PPR league. There are no kickers. Um, and we have three flex positions, a little bit different than some. So three flex positions. Uh, Ten players are in the starting lineups. Rosters are pretty thin with a, with only 24 players rostered and three IR spots. So, you know, if you've listened, you know I play in 27 to 30-man roster league. So this one's a little thinner with 24, but you do have the three uh, IR spots. And then, of course, there's blind bidding for players on the waiver wire. But it's different because what you're actually doing is you're signing in the contracts. And so it's not like you have a... Your, your budget is different <laughs> based on how much salary cap you have. That's how much you have to be able to bid on free agents. You kind of bid on them by increments of 500000 And so it is a blind bidding system. That's the way RSO leagues look. Um, we had some really difficult decisions that we had to make, my buddy Dave and I, this offseason. Uh, we added a franchise tag to Alvin Kamara, which cost us quite a bit. And we also let go some of the players that really helped carry us to those two Super Bowls that we had. We let Aaron Rodgers... T.Y. Hilton and Robert Woods go in free agency. So that was tough for us to do, but we just couldn't extend their contracts given that we had extended several other players. Uh, finally, I'll say that we finished seventh place, which meant that we had a sixth spot in each round, excluding trades, of course. And in an RSO league, we figured that the top five running backs were going to go pretty quick. And so at the sixth spot, we figured we'd probably take the top wide receiver that was available at that point. Um, though we didn't have, we did have more needs at wide receiver than we did running back anyway, so it was good. With rare exceptions, we don't believe in drafting rookie tight ends in RSO leagues because they take too long to break out. Um, even though we do need a tight end, when I when you see who our starting tight end is, you'll see that we definitely need to pick one up in the free agent auction. All that said, for context, here's what we did in this year's rookie draft. I won't comment on the best values and the biggest reaches like I've done in uh, the other podcasts. Instead, I'll just talk a little bit about the player that we picked and kind of what it means for us as far as our um, salary cap and all the implications for our team. Again, I recommend that you go to the website. This will be an article on the website that you can read, so you're not just hearing a list of names. You can actually look at it. Uh, This helps you kind of determine ADP for your upcoming rookie drafts if you haven't had them yet. And we got round one. It went like this. Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, three, J.K. Dobbins, four, DeAndre Swift, five, Cam Akers, pretty much like we expected. So us at six, we picked C.D. Lamb. Number seven was Jerry Judy. Number eight, Keyshawn Vaughn. Number nine, Justin Jefferson. Ten, Henry Ruggs. Eleven, Michael Pittman. And twelve, Jalen Rager. So there we were, just like we expected the things to happen. Uh, we were left there with the best wide receiver that we had on our board. And so Dave and I, we are Cowboy fans, we admit it, but we're also not homers when it comes to making our draft picks. Uh, we just see C.D. Lamb as the best player on our board, just as the Cowboys obviously did when he fell to them in the in the draft. So the reason we love him is that C.D.'s just produced at every stage of his career. Um, he has the Rotoviz highest production profile of any wide receiver in the draft by far. He does come to a crowded wide receiver room, of course, with with Amari Cooper and and Michael Gallup, who looked great last year. But he rose to the top of four playing at Oklahoma, 
while playing with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, we think that he'll prove himself quickly and allow us to extend his contract pretty early at a cheaper price if he breaks out quickly. Bottom line, Dave and I just saw him tear up our Longhorns for years. We are diehard diehard Longhorn fans, and we saw what he did to our team, especially last year. We're not afraid to take a Sooner. We'll instead, we'll call him a Cowboy now. So we picked C.D. Lamb there at pick number six. In round two, it went T. Higgins, 13, T. Higgins, 14, Denzel Mims, 15, LaVisca Chenault, 16, Joe Burrow, 17, Zach Moss, and left us at pick 18. We picked Brandon Ayuk. Then 19, Brian Edwards, 20, A.J. Dillon, 21, Antonio Gibson, 22, Chase Claypool, 23, Darrington Evans, and 24, Anthony McFarlane. You can see there a lot of running backs get picked a little bit earlier than they would in some of the other drafts where I've seen Anthony McFarlane and Darrington Evans definitely be in the third, in some cases the fourth round. Uh, here they get drafted earlier in this type of league. As for our pick, like I said, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Dave and I both love him. Um, we were really debating between him and Brian Edwards, both of which we like. I know that Dave likes Ayuk a little bit more than me. In fact, I saw him trade up to get him in one of the other leagues that we share together. And I know he also likes Brian Edwards because the little punk drafted him ahead of me, one pick ahead of me in one of the other leagues that we're a part of. So it's pretty clear here. Um, we just feel like uh, with there's far less competition in San Francisco for Ayuk to make a fast track to playing. Um, and that way, you know, we've got this three-year contract we'll be able to see a little bit more quickly than we would with Edwards. Besides that, we just had him ranked higher um, and back-to-back as far as receivers by my rankings. So we think he's going to get a chance to be a starting wide receiver right away. And we intended to get wide receiver depth in the draft and landed uh, with a number one and the number nine rookies. Those are my, my number one and number nine ranked rookies wide receivers this year. And so we were happy to get my number one and my number nine guy. Third round went like this. Tua Tungavola, 26, Josh Kelly, 27, Lynn Bowden, 28, DJ Candler, 29, Van Jefferson, 30, as our pick was Justin Herbert, 31, Eno Benjamin, 32, Josiah DeGuara, strange pick there, 33, Tyler Johnson, 34, DJ Dallas, 35, Jordan Love, 36, Antonio Gandy-Golden. As for our pick, uh, we really hoped that Josh Kelly would have fallen to us. That's what we were really hoping for, but he went at 26, and we were pick 30. Uh, we have Austin Eckler that we signed, and uh, just felt like we wanted, it would be great to have just kind of a handcuff as well as we. you guys know that I've talked about Joshua Kelly a lot. I like him a lot more than, than most people. Uh, we think that he's actually going to beat out Justin, Ke- Justin Jackson to become the running back number two and perhaps the goal line back there. So we were disappointed that we didn't get that pick. Um, we hoped then that Tua would fall to us, uh, but there were the, the first two picks there um, in round three. So we got none, neither of the guys that were in our queue, which let us just kind of reset. We are actually one of two teams that does not have a quarterback on our roster. You'll see that there's most teams had one or two quarterbacks on their roster, but we uh, didn't. And there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are available in the free agency auction. And we've noticed that the quarterbacks actually get picked up pretty cheap. That said, um, we felt like we have the second least amount of salary cap in the space, so we figured we'd just get a cheap rookie contract that we think we could acquire even Tyrod Taylor if we wanted to very, very cheaply in the free agent auction. I don't, I don't think anyone else would even bid on him if we bid the lowest possible price for him. That way we'd have Tyler and Herbert. Uh, when we sign him in the third round, this is just like a million-dollar contract, and so it's very cheap. We'll get to watch him for a couple years and see if he becomes something or a quarterback worth extending. 
We're still confident that we'll get a cheap quarterback in free agency in the free agency auction. So like I said, since only two teams don't have a quarterback, the other teams are going to be spending all of their auction money on some of those good players that I mentioned earlier that are available. The one starter positions, quarterback and tight end, are considerably cheaper, um, both from the sense of the salary cap from than, they, than the running back and wide receiver positions. So the onesie positions of tight end and quarterback, we're happy to uh, have cheap guys on our roster. Finally, in round four, uh, pick number 37 is our pick. We picked Devin Duvernay. Pick 38 was Adam Troutman. Pick 39, Devin Asiasi. Pick 40, Cole Kement. 41, LaMichael Pirine. 42, Jalen Hurts. 43, Donovan People-Jones. 44, Michael Warren II. 45, Albert O. 46, Quintez Cephas, which was our pick. 47, Gabriel Davis. And then Mr. Insignificant was our pick as well. Number 48 of this four-round rookie draft was James Prochet. So we added a sooner to our roster with C.D. Lamb in the first round. We figured we might as well add a fellow Longhorn in uh, Devin Duvernay. He was my number 26 ranked rookie overall, but we acquired him here at number 37. So we felt like we got a great value there. We're really thrilled to get him. Um, He does have to compete with the other Sooners on the Baltimore squad with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Probably going to be the top targeted guys there for sure. but no one else there actually has been proven targets besides him. So we really think that Duvernay could quickly become the third most uh, targeted player for the Ravens. Uh, we didn't target um, who don't target their running backs either. So we're not worried about them throwing to their running backs very much. So there's a chance that he could even be used as a running back some himself as he was uh, recruited as a running back. Plus, add that the fact that Marquise Brown is often injured, so Devernay could really become one of the ones to get a lot more targets if Brown was injured like he often is. We love him because he was incredibly productive at Texas. He rarely dropped a pass. He was recruited as a running back, so he has really versatile skills. Uh, Baltimore is a run-heavy offense, of course, so his upside may be limited for us. But in the fourth round, we are willing to take a, a stab on him here for sure. Now, when it comes to these other two picks, we actually made a trade. During the draft, we traded 46 to attend for to obtain 410 and 412. So here's the thing about these drafts, though. We debated doing this because rookies can actually clog up your rosters in these RSO leagues because we have those limited rosters, like I said, 24 spots. At the same time, we like that fourth round contracts are very cheap, which means if they break out, you've got a steal of a deal for a guy on your team for at least three years. Um, even if you, and then also if you decide that they don't make the team and you cut them, you don't, you don't have that much dead cap because they're a fourth round pick. You just lose about a million dollars or something like that. Um, ultimately, we decided to to make the to accept the trade at the last minute, uh, since it would leave us eight players to add still in free agency. We we have sixteen players on our roster now, so we still have room to add eight more. We know that we need a quarterback and a tight end, um, if not two at each position. So the top players in our queue, we, we just fell to us, and that was uh, Quintus Cephas and James Prochet. They were who we would have picked if we had 4.6, and we were able to fall back and get him at 4.10 and 4.12. Um, as for these guys, we just think that Cephas has as high of an upside as anyone picked in this round by far. Um, he could become the wide receiver number three in Detroit as early as the middle of next season. Uh, he has a different set of skills than Danny Amendola, who's kind of the third receiver there in Detroit right now. Um, but that could actually serve to his advantage. If the coaching staff decides that they want to go bigger and target bigger guys over the middle, man, they could, they've had three big ones right there with Galladay and Jones and now Cephas. Uh, he was a good gamble in an RSO league this late in the draft for sure. 
And then Prochet, uh, we actually had him ranked ahead of Cephas. We had Prochet ranked number 29 um, and uh, Cephas number 36. He has a much harder path to playing time in Baltimore, like I already said. Um, but in RSO League, players need to prove themselves faster. So if he doesn't do well, we can just drop him and not take that much of a hit. We also kind of like the idea of having Duvernay and Prochet, uh, both Baltimore receivers, for a cheap price here in the fourth round, knowing that if one of them breaks out, uh, we'll be able to hold on to the one that actually does seem to show that he's going to have a role in the offense. Uh, let's just hedge our bets just a little bit at not too much cost to us if we were to need to cut him. All in all, I really like what we did in this draft. We added plenty of wide receiver depth with two players that should get plenty of targets and CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Ayuk. Then we drafted other wide receivers that could hold us, uh, that we can hold long enough to evaluate through their rookie year and decide what we want to do with them next year. Plus, we added a rookie quarterback to give us a little depth behind whomever we purchase in the free agent auction in August. So with eight roster spots left on our team, we do know that we need at least one quarterback and two tight ends and a defense. So that's going to take four to five players from us right away. We can get a cheap quarterback, but we may have to pay up for a tight end or pick a tight end whose upside is a little we like a little bit more uh, than others. And the remaining three or four players that we get to add to our team, they're going to have to be cheap. So in the auction, we're going to have to spend not much money. Here's how our team looks. Right now we have $36 million um, remaining in our salary cap, which is the second least amount in this league. But that's going to even out really quickly when some of the top free agents that I mentioned, when, when those owners pay a hefty price early in the auction, to get their players, we're just going to come right back to the middle of the pack right away and be able to bid on players after the big big ones jump off the board. As for our players, what our roster looks like currently, at quarterback now we have Justin Herbert. As I said before, we plan to add one or two quarterbacks in free agency and wait for a cheap one. That's what we're going to do. We could even add Tyrod Taylor too, like I said, just very cheap since no one's going to bid on him, but we're actually the team that could value Tyrod Taylor since we have Herbert. Running back here, the strength of our team, we have Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Todd Gurley, Philip Lindsay, and Cadre Olison. I feel like it's the strength of our team, though we, we were very bummed when Melvin Gordon signed with Denver. It hurt Lindsay's value, especially since we had actually extended his contract his rookie year, so we have him through 2022, 20, uh, and so that was sad for us to lose that value pretty significantly. That said, um, believing that we did something smart this offseason, believing that the Chargers would not re-sign Gordon, we actually traded our 1.7 in this draft for Austin Eckler. Uh, so we're very happy about that still. We would rather have Austin Eckler than Jerry Judy, which we probably would have drafted there. Eckler's proven, and he's a cheap. He had a really cheap contract compared to other rookies, of, I mean other running backs of his caliber, and we've got him signed for two more years. That's pretty exciting. We were happy to do that trade. Uh, Gurley carried us, of course, to two Super Bowls in this last year. This is his last year of his contract with us. But we like his upside, and we like Allison behind him. So that kind of worked for us that Gurley went to went to Atlanta, where we've got one of his backups, albeit a muddy backup you know, situation there in Atlanta. Uh, but he went to Atlanta, and we already had Allison to a, his rookie contract. So last year with Gurley for us, hopefully things will pay off. And what we mostly need to pay off is Kamara because he is, he's our franchise player at $41 million a year. So he's a huge chunk of our budget. If he stays healthy this year, uh, we could extend his contract and build our team totally around him. Um, but he just has one year to prove it, so we kind of got him an approve-it deal uh, as a franchise player. Given that Eckler, uh, Lindsey, and Allison are the only running backs that we have under contract beyond this year, we're actually hopeful that one of these wide receivers that we drafted might break out and we could trade them 
for a running back that's under a cheaper and a longer uh, contract sometime during the season. Season We need our, our receivers that we just drafted to really break out. As for wide receivers, we have Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin, now CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk. We also have Rod, Robbie Anderson, Anthony Miller, Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, and Quintus Cephas. Devontae Adams was the first player that we ever extended in this league, so we have him uh, as the anchor of our passing game signed through 2022. And Terry McLaren was our third-round rookie steal last year, so we have him at a $1 million contract uh, all the way through 2021. So we've got two more years on his contract, which we love that. Anthony Miller and Robbie Anderson are the only wide receivers that we have on contracts, that are, but they're both set to expire next year. We feel like they're actually poised for a breakout year, both Robbie Anderson and Anthony Miller, and could be trade bait for a player, or they could be the types of players that we just kind of ride in a final you know, playoff run before letting them go in free agency. We need two of our rookie wide receivers to hit it big, like I said, so they can become trade bait for running backs with longer contrasts, contracts, or because we, have, we can start five wide receivers in this PPR league that's got three flex position, it's possible too that if all these receivers, if several of these receivers hit, we can actually start a five wide receiver team. So it would be pretty hefty if we could start Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, maybe Robbie Anderson or Anthony Miller, Brandon Ayuk. We could do that. We could just become a five, <laughs> five wide receiver team. The weakness of our team, of course, is our tight end, which I'm now just mentioning for the first time, which is O.J. Howard. Unfortunately, we have him in the last year of his rookie con- contract. Uh, we drafted him as a rookie and really regret that, but uh, have kept him. Uh, even though we had to solidify our line, our lineups before, like our our rosters before um, Gronk was traded there, so we couldn't really do anything except drop him, and then we were going to have to pay a, po- a cost for dropping him. So we didn't want to do that. Thankfully, we learned our lesson, and we won't be spending that draft capital on rookie tight ends any longer. Still, we chose to keep him. Like I said, it's an awful four million dollar contract, uh, so pretty rough. But if we were to drop him, we just lose the four million dollars right away. So maybe Gronk gets hurt, Howard can become something, or maybe Howard gets traded. There are great tight ends available in the free agency, though, and in uh, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, uh, Darren Waller, Tyler Higby. Uh, many have the, and then there's also many upside middle of the pack tight ends like Hayden Hurst, Jack Doyle, as the already mentioned, Rob Gronkowski. We could just solidify that. Blake Jarwin, Eric Ebron, and uh, uh, those guys too, Johnny Smith. And so in our estimation, there's five teams that are tight end needy. And so we think that in the free agency draft, we're going to be drafting and trying to, you know, on this auction, we're going to be bidding against five teams. But here I just listed 10 tight ends that we like. And so I think that we're going to be okay at tight end, even though it looks pretty bad right now. Finally, defenses do score a lot in this league, but only two teams keep a de- kept a defense for their roster. We'll pick up uh, no more than one defense in the free agent auction. And then we'll just pay up for a defense off the waiver wire once we once the very volatile defenses show what their value is really like. I hope that's given you a little taste of what it looks like to be in an RSO league, the one that my, my buddy Dave Brown and I run. Um, if you're not in one of those leagues, I'd highly encourage you to do that. They're, they're a blast. It's so fun to have to manage the cap in these contracts. And then the auction draft is always a blast, being able just to kind of bid against other teams for the players that you want. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Uh, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm way better on email than I am on Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me. I'd love to see your team, evaluate your team, give you my thoughts on your draft if you're in the middle of one. I would be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a whole lot to me. 
Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.